This episode has some language in it that is probably not safe for work. So go ahead and just quit your job now. Hey, I'm Dustin. And I'm Steve. Welcome back, listeners, to the finest phototainment in the world. That's right, you're listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast, an irreverent look at wedding photography. This podcast, like aspirin, will help you recover from your wedding hangover. And to help you recover from your wedding hangover this week, we have on two amazing photographers from UK, UK. Marianne Chua and Carrie Bellamy. Blamey. She even told me when we were recording how to pronounce it, and I still can't get it. Anyway, they do a great podcast and YouTube channel. The podcast is called The Amazeballs Wedding Photography Podcast, and the YouTube channel is called Chua and the Bell. Yeah. So without further ado, let's kick it over to the interview. Let's do it. Dustin and I are super excited to be joined by, oh, wow, I should have asked about pronouncing these names ahead of time. I always forget that. Um, Please say it as wrong as possible. That would be amazing. Do it, do it. Go for it. Kari Blami and sure. Marion Chua. Chua. That's actually pretty close. I, I said, yeah, I was going to say, normally my surname is the one people get wrong, so well done on that. I was basing it completely off of the theme song for your guys' podcast. Oh. <laughs> I was like, there's no way that dude says it right, right? <laughs> so um, for listeners out there who don't know, Carrie and Marianne, they do a YouTube channel slash podcast called The Amazeballs Wedding Photography. Sh- is it show at the end? Is it YouTube? Is it podcast? Or is it just Amazeballs podcast, Wedding Photography? Yeah. It's very funny. It's yeah. very good. It's crazy because it's like it shows that intelligent people can have podcasts too and talk about things, not just people like me and Dustin. That's and, right. Wrapping uh, <laughs> the nerds. <laughs> but it's very interesting. And they have this great theme song that they, uh, was it like horrible logos and theme songs or something like that that you guys paid to have that done? Yeah, there's a there's a guy you could pay, I think it was like $5 or $10 for a logo. And then it was like $15 for a theme tune. And it's horrifically bad, but it's so good at the same time. So we've started taking to having him do like theme tunes for friends as like ringtones. Like if you have money that you don't know what to do with, it's a, it's a perfectly great option. <laughs> I need to get to that level of having money that I just don't know what to do with. I'm not at like private jet level, but I'm like buy terrible logos and theme tunes for friends level of, of money. And I think that's what being an adult's like. Mm hmm. Totally. Still trying to get to adulthood. So <laughs> rough over here. I do the same thing with domain names. <laughs> it's a, what's it's the most terrible... ridiculous domain name? We still haven't introduced ourselves, but what's the most ridiculous domain name that uh, you have? I, I am the proud owner of better than poop.com. Oh. It has so much potential. Uh, and then I just forward that domain to any friend that I'm feeling uh, animosity towards that uh, week or month. 
So I think it's still pointed to my college roommate's uh, website. Okay. <laughs> and you could actually do like the whole like subdomain thing with that. So you could be like Dustin is dot better than poop dot com. <laughs> there you, now you're really thinking. I get a pen. <laughs> what else you got? I, I charge after this. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the two people on the podcast with us today are Carrie and Marianne. Carrie's the one with the, uh, I think you describe it on your website is a more of a yank accent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a bastardized yank accent, but I, I, that's how people know me in the UK is because I'm one of the few token Americans. But I've lived here, I've lived in England for about 10 years now, and my husband's Canadian, so I probably sound more Canadian between the English and the Canadian than I do American. I don't really, I, I'm from Delaware, like I don't sound like a Delawarean. So I'm, if you hear a female American, it's me. And if you hear someone who starts British and then slowly, because everyone else sounds American to me on this podcast, it starts gently evolving into a sort of really offensive American accent, that would be me. <laughs> oh, please fake one. That would be so much fun. Oh, give us your most offensive American accent. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> well, I just have this problem of, you know, when you go traveling and um, people who, who pick up accents really quickly when they go, it takes me just a few days. So when I go back to Singapore to speak to my, uh, uh, to visit my relatives, I end up just being like, Nola, like all over the place. So I just, <laughs> I feel like I need to warn the public that that's what's going to happen by the end of this podcast. <laughs> I'll be like, guys, guys. <laughs> Americans don't sound like that. Oh, do they not? <laughs> Am I toned? I'm toned deaf as well. I should probably warn you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do Americans tend to say guys quite a lot then? Is that like an American oh, Guys, this is like the best ever and guys i'm just so happy that we're all here together doing this and guys talking about our american <laughs> accents guys yeah. you should just full on go for valley girl be like oh my god guys i'm so excited to be here <laughs> oh my god yeah yes steve please <laughs> so we wanted to talk to you too a little bit about what it is you guys have both been doing wedding photography for quite some time uh you guys are both really amazing wedding photographers as nice. well. What some might say, amaze balls, amaze balls. Yeah. What made the two of you want to get into wedding photography originally? So basically, I was I had a really terrible office job, and I picked up a camera again because I had done it a lot when I was younger, and I picked up a camera again just to kind of save my soul, which I think is pretty normal for a lot of people. And then I just I basically every every free moment I had, I was shooting, and then I got engaged. And I was like, actually, I quite fancy weddings and I quite fancy photography. And I didn't even like it never even occurred to me to do the two. Um, so that's pretty standard, I think. And then I moved to the UK. Uh, so I shot one wedding and it was terrible. It was so bad. I did like selective coloring, didn't know how to use a flash. Um, it was it was horrific. It was horrific. <laughs> and then I moved to the UK and I just kept trying Mostly because, like, I have a degree in accounting and I worked as an auditor. And being an auditor sucks. And some people love it, which is fine, but it just really wasn't a good fit for me. So um, I just decided, I was like, you might as well, you only live once. YOLO, jump off a cliff. And in the process of moving to the UK, I ended up getting enough work. And so, yeah. It was mostly just because I like people and I think people are really interesting. I don't really care about the white dress, but I like people. And wedding photography actually pays money, which is really good. Um, it's a good <laughs> way to make a living as a photographer. So, you know, you take pictures, you get paid. It's really hard to do that. And then all that money just disappears into logos and songs for your friends. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, what else are you supposed to do with it? Pay bills? <laughs> Invest? Terrible idea. Maybe you should talk to, like, an accountant. <laughs> Ironically, you moved from, like, a country with a much higher average 
wage in wedding photography to one with a lower one. But yeah, I didn't know that at the time. I would, in hindsight, that was a bad decision. Move back, go home. <laughs> wow, just trying to push her out of your country. <laughs> Marianne's a more interesting one because she went and got a PhD and decided then she wanted to be a wedding photographer instead. Oh yeah, I, I did sort of like the ultimate sort of tease, like Asian parent tease and let down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where I, I spent eight years of my life doing a degree in psychology and got, you know, got right up to that peak of, uh, you know, qualifying and being a doc, like a qualifying as a doctor and all this kind of thing. And then instantly handed in the thesis and was like, oh, mum and dad, I'm going to just go to people's parties <laughs> <laughs> and take photos of drunk people. I didn't really, I don't feel there was a point where I, I specifically decided to be a wedding photographer. I, I feel like it just happened to me because I shot my first one that was just like a, a friend's mum getting married. And she just was like, look, well, you know, why don't you give it a go? And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I don't own a digital camera, but now's a good time. And that's true. I, I literally didn't own a digital camera at the time. I had to buy all the kit to shoot that wedding. When she asked me, I was shooting on little toy cameras, like little film toys, toy things. Mm -hmm. So she judged, she judged my work based on that and was like, well, that's good enough for a wedding. And let's see what you can do with proper technology. <laughs> and then, uh, and so I did that and I just kind of found like, I think from the psychology thing, because I happen to have a knack for capturing people's emotions and, and I guess reading a room and stuff that that's that just happened to be what people wanted in weddings at the time and uh, it kind of escalated from there and and snowballed and and then before I knew it I was uh, on a podcast with a bunch of people <laughs> <laughs> the highlight of your career thus far yeah oh yeah this, 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 no, no, this is it. Everything else in between was just a, a hazy blur. <laughs> well, at least now you can call mom and dad and you can tell them, guys, I really made it. I was on the Wedding Photo Hangover podcast with Dustin and Steve. And then they'd be like, what's the a next podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, today I've just had that conversation with my mom because uh, I just launched that new, that new video for the Fujifilm X-T30 product launch. And uh, I sent it to my mom and obviously it was like, oh, mom, you know, I'm in this video. It's kind of cool. And she was like, what is it? And I, I said, it was like an advert for a new camera. And she said, is it one of those adverts that pop up in the middle of when I'm watching movies on the internet? It's really annoying. And I was like, <laughs> um, I mean, no, mom, it's going to just, it's going to appear on maybe some photography websites and Facebook. And she was like, oh, oh okay, then well done. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, I'm not a Viagra spam advert, mom. Don't worry. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's she a level. Almost was proud. Yeah, she almost she she had to check first. <laughs> but that's that's the story of my my parents and their their following of my of my career is a general sort of misunderstanding and and then just an acknowledgement. <laughs> I love that. Just as long as your career doesn't mess with their movies, they're okay with it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Big shout out to the uh, Korean film industry. <laughs> Marianne, are you still shooting? I know on your website it said that you uh, shoot for Secret Cinema. Do you still do that? Uh, yeah. Do you, guys, do you guys have them in America? I think they did a New York stint or an LA stint or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm still doing that. But they do shows maybe like twice a year, two times, uh, maybe three times a year at the most because mm -hmm. the productions are quite big. So they've got Casino Royale coming out soon. And oh, cool. Usually I get told when to come in about a week in advance. <laughs> so I assume at some point I'll get a call, but, but yeah, yeah, I still shoot for them. Oh, cool. It's a good friend to have like as a perk because I've gone oh. to the last bunch of them for free. They're actually quite expensive to go to. <laughs> and so I get to go for free to help Marianne scout. But I usually don't get very much advance notice. I usually get the advance yeah. notice on the same day. And you have to show up to these things in costume as the movie characters, mm -hmm. which gets really challenging when you're like told that day, like, okay, Today, you have to, this evening, you have to be in the Romeo and Juliet thing. 
And it's like, <laughs> you have to like come up with an outfit. And then last year was a Moulin Rouge and I had to come up with a Moulin Rouge outfit in about two hours. I was just like, Carrie, you've got, you've got some underwear. <laughs> Put some on, come out. <laughs> <laughs> and Carrie was like, nope, fresh out. <laughs> So for people who don't know, uh, what is the Secret Cinema thing? Oh, it's just a live, I, I, don't, I think they officially describe it as kind of a live theatre experience. Mm-hmm. They will essentially have a film and then they will create like the live experience of that film beforehand. And you kind of do that for a couple of hours and then you watch the film itself. And usually there's a lot of performances throughout the film. And it's it's just a fun, fun night out, I think, where you just get to go and enjoy a bit of cinema, but in a slightly extra way. <laughs> they like recreate the environment of a film and like the closed kind of in a closed area. And then nobody has any phones. You're not allowed to take any photos. So the only photos that exist of this are from their official photographers like Marianne, um, which is actually quite nice because then you get de- disconnected from the world. Mm. Like not everybody's on their phones all the time. And then like everybody dresses up as like you kind of get told roles and you kind of dress up in the characters. So like at the Moulin Rouge ones, people were dressed up as like prostitutes and gentlemen, which is quite fun. And then like they did, uh, I have to remember all the names. Like they did the Romeo and Juliet one, which you have to dress up like it's the nineties, stuff like that. And it's kind of, it's, you get, everybody really gets into the, the world of these movies. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are called classics, which is, you know, and it, people really get into it there and there's nothing really holding anybody back. Cause like nobody has their phone. Yeah. So it's just kind of, yeah. They should hire you instead of me. Cause you're much better at explaining things than I am. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> yeah, what, what Carrie said. As a photographer, do you have to dress up as well? Yeah, so I, well, I have to wear stuff that is in keeping with the theme. The, well, the, the other funny thing is that sometimes when you're there, you're meant to kind of go along with the improv nature of it. Mm-hmm. But I am absolutely shocking. And uh, once I got accosted by some punters who thought I was, because I, I was taking pictures, they, they obviously saw my camera and thought, oh, she's a dodgy character. And it, this was a Blade Runner where the task they were given was to accost dodgy characters. Mm. So they arrested me thinking that I was like someone who was meant to be arrested. I went with them thinking that they were actors and I, w- and I was just temporarily helping them out, not realizing they were just, you know, like Joe and Mary from, from Clapham. Um, and it got to the point where once I realized that they were actually just punters and I, I obviously need to get back to work, I had to sort of, instead of really going into the improv stage, I, I kind of gave a security guard slash actor a stink eye look in a kind of please help save me way. And even he was thrown and he had to suddenly be like, where are you guys going with this, with this, uh, I don't know what he said, but, um, you know, and, and they, they responded and he had to try and think of a way of explaining to them, no, don't arrest her because she was <laughs> too stuff, but in character. So he just stood there and he was like, I believe this person is with the establishment. <laughs> I could just see him struggling. And I just thought, thank you for struggling on my behalf because I did not have a mental it, headspace. It's a very weird off. job when you get arrested by people in like the Blade Runner world. <laughs> you, have to, you have to keep it up. I just signed up to take photos. That's all I can do. I, I can't ask. There's a reason why I'm here. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of that going on. But yeah, so normally not full costume, but um it's something that's in keeping, usually something dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the craziest costumes you guys have ever had to come up with for something like this? I, I think I, I probably do it. I probably dress up in costume a bit more because like I'm not actually working. I'm this mm-hmm. there helping Marianne. Yeah. So um, I think it was mostly like at the funniest one was the Moulin Rouge one because that was all quite indoors and they recreated like 1890s Paris. 
And I had brought my husband with me at the time as well. And my husband's never seen Moulin Rouge. So he had no idea what the fuck was going on. He was just like, why are they all singing Bowie songs? Why is he in Paris? And then he was like, so I like put like this top hat on him. He's like, why am I wearing a top hat? He had no idea what was going on, which is really fun. Um, and it very drunk because they were serving a lot of very strong wine. So then I kind of like dressed it up. I think I dressed up as like a homeless person because I couldn't like swing the prostitute outfit at the time. Um, in hindsight, I wish I dressed up like a man. I think that would have probably been a lot easier to do. But yeah, it's it's just it's it's a it's kind of like a London establishment. It's it's quite fun. Like if you ever come to London, you should totally try it because it's just it, it people just go crazy. So which is yeah, nothing to do with wedding photography, but it's it's very film theater photography and it's quite easy to photograph i think well i, I don't know i haven't f- shot it but people are really going for it like the audience is into it and the actors are into it and yeah it's really nice because it, it differs from weddings in the sense that like you've got obviously got all that professional lighting going on very theater- theatrical very dramatic makes you know it's, it for me it's just something that's quite nice to diversify from from kind of the, the wedding thing so mm-hmm. that's really cool so to get back to wedding photography since ostensibly that is what this podcast is about oh yeah <laughs> and to get back to the two of you what was the uh so i've listened to all of your guys's episodes of the amazeballs wedding photography podcast all three of them <laughs> there was like 12 then i checked today and there's only four and i was like what happened oh they, wait really they took them down oh no i really like your guys' show what was the impetus for the two of you to kind of make that move from just we're wedding photographers to now we're creating a show that has elements of humor and education inside of it i think we both feel really strongly about technical things as far as photography goes and we're very strongly about like girls talking about technical things because a lot of times i mean as just a giant stereotype it tends to be guys talking about technical stuff on like YouTube. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of girls doing it. And I don't know if like girls are afraid of talking about it or there's, there's just something that I think holds girls back from talking about more technical items online. Um, maybe they feel like people are going to like, maybe say they're not going to, they don't know what they're talking about and that sort of thing. And both Mary and I are very strong on like the technical stuff we both really care about it we both really like talking about it so we were like well there should be more girls talking online about flash and how cameras work and why things work the way they do um and so we just at first the initial idea was just to do like a giant round table of girls talking about photography and and not just talking about like the artistic elements of it but talking about like why things work and then we kind of just kind of came down maybe be easier just the two of us rather than trying to wrangle in a bunch of other people um, so that was the initial idea. And then we realized that podcasting is slightly easier than YouTube videos because we don't have to meet up because mm-hmm. we both work full time as wedding photographers. We both work a lot. We just don't have a lot of time to do it, which I'm impressed how many guys, how many um, podcasts you guys have done, because it seems very time consuming. And so that was just is the it, initial it? idea. <laughs> it's very time consuming, Dustin. Okay. Very, very time consuming. <laughs> Maybe you can give me some tips on how to make it a little bit more streamlined. Um, <laughs> but it's mostly because we just we just think girls should be talking about these things. Girls should be technical and there shouldn't be anything holding it back. And hopefully hearing girls talk about these things will make it easier for other girls to talk about it as well. I mean, that is one of the big reasons why we wanted to have you guys on. I think, Carrie, you responded to me on Reddit when I was asking about like if there are any podcasts out there with female hosts 
that we're about wedding photography because Dustin and I, we've been doing this a while and we are just like, we don't know of any. And um, after, you know, a lot of people called me sexist for even suggesting that I would want to listen to a podcast with female hosts, <laughs> I got some cool responses like yours and checked out like your guys' podcast. And I just instantly fell in love with the way you guys talked about photography and, and your guys' sense of humor. I was just like, I, I wanted to have you guys on the show because I wanted to do whatever I could to help elevate you guys and bring you guys to a wider audience. I thought it was just my mom watching this. What? <laughs> <laughs> I've, have I been duped? I feel like I was catfished. <laughs> Plus, all that stuff Steve said is true. Plus, you guys are really amazing wedding photographers. Oh, thanks. I don't, I don't know if you know that. You guys are pretty good. I, I personally also, think I'm a bit shit, but I'll take it. <laughs> I was going to say, we, so there's a really, well, British people generally are very bad at taking compliments. So <laughs> that's why you were met with like a slight silence. <laughs> no, we just don't know what to do with it. We don't know what to do with it. No, it's okay. Uh, every time we have a guest on, I gush about the guest and the guest just looks at me like, gosh, what did I do getting on this podcast with this fanboy? <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm proud of our work. I think we do good work, but it's hard when it's hard to take a compliment when you're like every now, like you, like it's every day I always want to rip my website apart and just redo it. Or like, like every image I see something, I'm just like, oh, I could just kind of fix that. If I could just go back in time, it's hard to look at your work purely mm-hmm. or like being like, just to sit back and be like, Oh, that looks amazing. When like every little thing you want to tweak all the time. I don't know I if you love, guys find that problem. I love that photo you have where it's like the couple sitting in, I, I'm guessing it's some sort of like a brick area and it's like this constant repeating pattern of like ovals behind them. Oh, I have a story about that photo actually that, that involves sexism in men actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, that's, that, it's a, it's a really cool spot. It's a, it's a viaduct. It has trains that go from London to Brighton over top of it. It's Victor. It's Victorian. It's from like eighteen eighties or some. You know, it's England. This is shit like exists everywhere. Like that's what England <laughs> looks like. So I had I, I found photos of this place online. I was like, this place is amazing. Like it's really cool. The couple were keen to go, but it was like an hour drive up there on the wedding day. And so I like we had to like talk about it and plan out and kind of make it work. And they totally budgeted the time to drive up to this viaduct and do this. I put like a stepladder in my car to get them up into it because it's like a good five, six feet up. So the bride had to climb up into that in her wedding dress. So there was a lot of like a, a lot of times with like epic photos, there's the work isn't taking the photo. The work is getting people out there to do it. Mm. Like some and once you get the people out there, the photo takes itself. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. But getting people on their wedding day or after their wedding day to go out to this random location and. To like to think ahead and bring everything you need with you to have like I was driving like a Fiat 500 at the time. The ladder took up like half the car just to make <laughs> it work and get all this effort to to get these people up into this viaduct for this photo. And as as we're setting it up, this guy out of nowhere shows up and he's like, oh, I'm a wedding photographer, too. How cool. Do you mind if I shoot over your shoulder while you're doing this? And I was just like, I, I didn't want to like be really but in a normal day, I would have I would have chewed his ear off. But it was like right in front of my clients, and I had actually just met them that morning, so like I didn't really have like an established relationship with them. Where I like some of my clients that I've known for a while, I would have just told them off, told them off right in front of them. But I didn't really know those people that well, and I was just like, I really rather you didn't. That would be great, and he did it anyways. <gasps> what? Oh. oh, you should have taken his business card at the end, and then. <laughs> And blasted him. Great, yeah. Like, let me have your business card. 
I'd love to tag you in the photo online. That would be great. That would be great. And then I will obliterate you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wish I could go back in time and just like chase him down and really kind of give him a hard time. But it was just like having someone, because it does take a lot of effort for some of these photos and have someone just come and like think that it's okay to just shoot over your shoulder, like a stranger to do that. <sighs> have, you ever thought, have you ever seen that, his, his, his version? His no, version? I haven't. I, to be honest, I haven't really looked that hard. Okay. Um, All you have to do is put Carrie's version of the photo in a reverse Google image search. And then you see all these award-winning photos that this guy took. It's amazing. I'm going to find this fucker after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody uh, calls my friends. <laughs> I cannot believe this guy came up yeah. to you. He obviously knows it's not something he should be doing. And so he yeah. at least asks permission. You yeah. say no, and then he does it anyway. Like the audacity of that situation. Yeah, he does it anyway. And I was just so shocked by it. And I was I was still trying to be really because I, I really didn't know the clients that well. I was still trying to be pretending like I'm a polite person. <laughs> I, I, I should have just let it go. Uh, anyways. But yeah, so that was a lovely story behind that photo. So every time I think of that, I think of that, that guy that was You're filled with rage, <laughs> filled with rage. Photos just been ruined in your heart because of that guy. Jeez. I know. <laughs> So how did the how did the two of you meet? Because Carrie, you're obviously a uh, American transplant to the UK. Mm-hmm. Marianne, you were saying earlier you have family in Singapore. Are you did you immigrate to the UK from Singapore? Were you born in the UK? No, I, I'm UK born and bred. So mm-hmm. um, we actually met. I think did we meet at Snap or did we meet? No, at we met at uh, the London Wedding Club. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. drinks basically. Yeah, drinks um, oh, super fancy. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the um the UK wedding industry is really awesome. Like we're there every we have parties and we go out for drinks and we have breakfasts together and like even just like not even just photographers but wedding vendors in general. There's been a couple of people who have gone out of their way to really organize meetups, mm-hmm. especially like in London. Um and we have like a big epic Christmas party every year um for the wedding industry and it's just tax deductible. Tax deductible. Mm-hmm. Santa shows up, it gets really messy. It's... <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, what? <laughs> she is being Santa's literal. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. You sit on Santa's lap. Like, it's, it's Whoa, and then Santa gets trip. messy? Santa gets messy. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's, we have a, but we have a really great, like, wedding community. Mm-hmm. And especially, and even like, even, even more within, like, wedding photographers in general, like, we, there's just a really great community of photographers. And so we had met, I think both of us had, it must have been at least six, seven years ago. We had met at basically a, a, a morning brunch. I've not been around for seven years, so it must be six. <laughs> it must be six. I think, um, I think yeah, yeah. was just starting. I was just starting, um, yes. Yeah. So we've known each other for the longest time. So we are just friends. It's not really a colleague thing. We are just friends. Yeah. Um, we meet all the time to play card games and board games, mostly. <laughs> Like all our friends now are wedding photographers and we like just meet up on like a Tuesday, a Wednesday and just have next, a day. Literally uh, next, next Tuesday. Yeah. Next Tuesday. Next um, Tuesday is the next. Yep. <laughs> we meet up and play board games and we all bring food and just hang out. And it's, it's nice because wedding photographers, we all have the same schedule where we can't do anything on weekends. Mm-hmm. It's made my life a lot better in general. Cause I don't feel isolated. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I have like somebody I can ask if I have a problem. So it's like colleagues, but not <laughs> we're each other's competition, but we're not colleagues. Yeah. I, d- I never thought of that in terms of seeing each other as competition anymore. I feel like 
you know, at the start, you sort of expect that to happen. And then you just sort of realize, actually, we're all just individuals, you know, obviously trying to make a living, trying to do our business. And as long as, as, long as hopefully everyone's all able to do that, then um, there's no reason why we can't all just be friends and mm-hmm. be, be hippies together. Mm-hmm. And stab each other in the back. <laughs> no? No. That's just how you run your business, Dustin. Wow. Just, but it's actually, just to it actually, Indiana. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's what's weird is when there is somebody who's like that, they stand out quite a lot because pretty much nobody does that here, um, which I guess isn't the norm. Is it like that in Indiana where like people do, it's a little bit more competitive? Uh, we, we used to have like a really strong community of wedding photographers here at the onset of when I got started. And then uh, there was a photographer that was taking the things people were saying candidly and using it against them in uh, like client meetings to like be like, oh, you're looking at that photographer as well. Uh, you know, let me tell you the story they shared. And and then, yeah, that so then it kind of built this like sort of veil of distrust amongst photographers. So when I moved here, it was really hard to try and rebuild that community. So I'm I'm still I'm still working at it. But Dustin lives like two sad. hours away from mm-hmm. me and my wife. And down here in the Indianapolis area, there's a really great community of wedding photographers that my wife hangs out with all the time. She has a ton mm-hmm. of wedding photographer friends. And I just have this internet connection with Dustin. And that's all I have. <laughs> it's, it's all you need, Steve. It's all you need. Come to London. Come to our Christmas party. You can meet Santa and get yeah, really messy. You can be Santa, Steve. You can be Santa. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I don't want to be the messy boy. Come on. Well, somebody has to be Santa. We can't afford to, like, hire a proper Santa. Like, it has to be a Santa from the community. Wait, are you, you telling me somebody plays Santa? He doesn't just come down from the North Pole? What is going on? Look, we don't have money for that for that flight. Like we can't afford Santa to come down from the North Pole. Like let's it's all on logos. It's all on yeah. logos. <laughs> it's been all on logos. His appearance fees are very high. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But like speaking of the community, we had um the photography show was just this last weekend. We mm-hmm. just finished it, which was like this big giant convention. And none of us really need to buy any equipment. We're not going for the equipment. Um, we're just going to see our friends and hang out and business expense it. Um, and yeah, and then we ended up like, so Monday was the day that we all met up and we crashed some corporate parties. And yeah, it was like, it's nice to have friends you can do that with. <laughs> crash parties. With. Crash parties. Party crashers. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was like, I was incredibly unsociable in, in those days because I've, um, I was just full of jet lag. And <laughs> so I, I just sort of like fell asleep and then at some point woke up in the morning and Carrie was in bed next to me. So <laughs> <laughs> and I just didn't hear you get in at all. I didn't hear you like. And I, had, I, I, I was in bed. I like I like crashed and I like brought back about 15 cupcakes yeah. from this corporate party that I had crashed. Uh, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I should say the name of the camera brand. I probably shouldn't because I wasn't in, I wasn't an invited guest. Um, <laughs> they'll find you and they'll bill you for those cupcakes. <laughs> I mean, bill me. But yeah, like it's a camera brand I don't use, and I was suddenly um, taking taking care of their open bar for them. So we we saw it that one. <laughs> By taking care of their open bar, do you just mean drinking all of the alcohol, or? Well, I mean, if somebody if somebody had to, like it was it was clearly there was a tap. <laughs> but it was like it was it was you know fully catered, and they had you know corporate cupcakes and hats and a DJ. 
So now you've just used that open bar and you've gotten all those cupcakes and they're not getting anything out of this because you're refusing to say what brand of camera it was. (laughs) (laughs) You're really double sticking it to them now. (laughs) It's like the opposite of influencer culture. I just wonder like if it'll come back to me because I wasn't technically on the guest list. Um, (laughs) She's got a highs. She's wanted. Yeah. (laughs) So let's, let's, let's maybe take a step back then. What camera brand do you shoot? Um, I shoot Sony. Okay. So we know it wasn't Sony's party. (laughs) (laughs) I shoot Fujifilm. All right. Fuji. It wasn't Fuji. Fuji It wasn't Fujifilm. It wasn't Fuji. So yeah, if it wasn't Nikon. either, <laughs> you just want to see our reaction. <laughs> Precisely. That was one of the things I wanted to ask you guys about. You guys talk a lot on on your show about shooting mirrorless and stuff like that. <laughs> Dustin and I are both uh, stuck in the DSLR land, firmly stuck, oh. I would say. Um, Dustin okay. started purchasing some Sony gear for like more of his video stuff. And uh, I would love to, but my wife and I are super invested into Canon glass and stuff, and we're just not ready to make that jump yet. So maybe someday. Well, with Sony, you can really keep the Canon glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, those The adapters work really well on the can, Canon lenses. So like, you don't have to, like, if you are thinking about maybe changing bodies, you can still keep all your glass. Um, so it's not, it might not be as heavy as an investment as you think it is. Yeah. But, like, I keep telling people, like, eventually everyone's going to be switching to mirrorless. Like, yeah. that's just what's going to happen. So if you do it now, people will still buy your camera body because people are still using that camera body. Mm. If you wait a few years and everybody's already switched, you, it's kind of like having a gas car in an electric world. Like, no one's going to buy yeah. the gas car anymore because no one's driving gas cars. Yeah. So at some point, what point do you jump off and say, like, I should actually just get a mirrorless camera. Mm, it'll be at the like, point when Canon puts one out that has two card slots. <laughs> so another 10 years? <laughs> Honestly, like using uh, DSLRs now, it, it just feels crazy. Um, it's just so heavy. Like just not having an electronic viewfinder. I, 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 I tried to pick up a friend's um, Nikon recently uh, just to see what I, cause I came from Nikon. So um, just wanted to see what I was missing out on and, and see if I had any old feelings. And I just took one shot and I was like, nah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're good. The I'm going to put you nice. back. The clunk. That's nice. Really? Did you eh, miss that? No. I was trying to find something nice to say. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> a backhanded, such a backhanded question. Like the old, if you don't That's have something nice voice. to say, don't say it. Yeah. Um, it's in general, like it's, if it doesn't make financial sense, then don't do it. Like you, cause you're still a business. You still have bills to pay. Like it, it's not necessarily going to change everything, but it has made me, a, I think it's made me a better photographer, mm-hmm. um, in weird yeah. ways. Um, as well, I think it actually changed the way I shoot. So mm-hmm. it does actually, I know people say gear doesn't make the photographer, but I think it can help a lot to do something different. Yeah. Like what? Like, so my, my problem is, is I want to go all in on mirrorless, mm-hmm. but we built a house this year, so I'm going to wait one more year, but it's like at the same time, the old oddage of like, well, if my photos are good enough for my clients now, why, like, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Yeah. And I totally understand that. So like, um, when I make expensive gear purchases, I kind of like talk it through with my husband because it is like 
uh, this is an expensive purchase that is coming out of my expenses. Like, I don't have to ask his permission, but it's nice to talk to somebody about it. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like, will like argue like, well, will your clients notice the difference? Cause like you like gear, will your clients notice the difference? And then we were talking about mirrorless and I was talking about silent shooting. He was immediately like, your clients are going to notice the difference because just to have, for me to shoot an entire wedding without making any clicks, people notice that. Mm-hmm. Oh, or they don't notice that. That's the perk, I guess. That's <laughs> It's less obvious, but like when I am talking about like how I shoot to clients, I, that's something I can explain and something that they can understand. And so like a lot of times when I say like, oh, I went with this 8514 instead of an 85 1.8, he's like, are your clients going to notice the difference between 1.4 and 1.8? Probably not, but they will notice the difference if you shoot an entire wedding without being like clack, 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 clack. They mm. are going to notice. Mm. So um, it is kind of like at some point you, you could say like, of course your photos are going to be good enough and your videos are going to be good enough um, because you're a professional and that difference might be pretty small but to some extent when it starts becoming mirrorless your clients may start noticing the difference and they may not understand why but there is going to be a difference i found um going to something more lightweight i mean we're both we're both pretty hench women but um i still found it quite hard to hold wait what was that term (laughs) hench is that not is that not a thing in america that is not a thing in america Oh, we're both quite. Um, what would you what do you translate for me, Carrie? What, what would it be? We both we both are very passionate about physical fitness. <laughs> <laughs> so that term boils down to hench. <laughs> I, yeah, I I, I, I forgot that was in America. I, I I thought it was. I sorry. Oh, outrageous. Anyway, um, but yeah, so we're both. <laughs> I actually thought it came from there. That's why I was surprised. Um, but um, yeah, no. So I mean, we're both. What I'm trying to say is, we're both kind of capable women physically. But uh, I found like if I have to raise my, uh, you know, raise up a, a digital SLR for a really long amount of time in one hand when I'm shooting a dance floor, there is just a point I'm going to have to put it down. But with Fuji, I could probably literally do that for like an hour without really worrying about it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe not now, but <laughs> but you know, I it's not the camera weight that will be the the limitation. It will just be the pure uh, like burn of my arm being up so for me in that sense it just meant like not having to feel restricted on getting angles um having like a tilt screen that meant again that you could frame odd angles better mm-hmm. i feel like i'm just saying angles a lot sweet baby angle um how do you feel about angles marianne i i love angles <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's just things like that so and also even stuff like having having the um electronic electronic viewfinder means like you don't have like in the past you know you would never have um Sorry, I mean, now that you never have accidental sort of wrongly exposed shots, all that kind of stuff. So that cuts out kind of um, the number of missed shots. Um, yeah. And you're not chimping as well either because yeah. you don't have to chimp to make sure that you got it. You you know you got it because you see it on the screen mm-hmm. as you're shooting it. There's not like – so you're not kind of doing the up and down. You're not There's not sec- as much second guessing. I shoot a lot in central London, and I'm constantly being yelled at by security guards. And it's kind of nice to get yelled at a little bit less – because it's just not as obvious. Because um, I used to shoot with D4s, which are like fucking massive blocks of mm-hmm. of camera. That's what I shoot with, yep. And it's a, it's a fantastic camera. I love the camera. But it's it's a big camera. And it's clear that's what you're doing is, is professional work. More with the Sonys, I, don't get, I still get yelled at, but I don't get yelled at as much. So it kind of makes a little bit of a difference there as far as just like sneaking in and being a little bit more of a ninja. You do realize that basically... Or you do a sneak into stuff that you're not supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. 
just professionally yeah. and, and socially. <laughs> that's and true, socially. that's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I might have, like, this is a psychologist. So do, do you think I have a problem, Marianne? Sneaky problem. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Officially clock on. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> As a child, were you not invited to a lot of things? <laughs> No. <laughs> He's good. I like it. He's good. <laughs> I, have a, I have a minor in psych. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's close to a PhD, just a few years less. <laughs> and credits. And qualified. <laughs> <laughs> but like in like in, I mean, you might not get this in Indianapolis as much, but like in like central London, the line between private property and property is very, you can't really tell. So there's mm. places that are technically public, but aren't public property. So, um, a lot of the places that are like around like tower bridge, which is like this really iconic place to shoot, they're actually private property. So they don't care if tourists are walking on there, but as soon as you bring a bride and groom on there, you're going to get yelled at. Mm -hmm. Um, and that happens a lot. So I'm very, I I know now exactly where that line is, but (laughs) it's, especially if you're walking that line quite often, if you look a little bit less professional, it can actually be a benefit. And then it's less people you have to yell out in front of your clients, which kind of looks a little bit better as well. So anyways, unexpected perk of mirrorless. Cool. So Carrie, do you find yourself yelling in front of your clients a lot? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes. Probably. That's why I don't do engagement shoots because I can't yell at people. I actually give my clients a disclaimer before we start shooting that if we get yelled at by at least one security guard, we're doing something right. <laughs> that means we're pushing the line somewhere. So if we haven't gotten yelled at, we need to actually try and get yelled at by somebody because that means we kind of just went a little bit farther than we were supposed to. And that means nobody else has done that either. So it's okay. So we want to get yelled at. It's a good thing. <laughs> Interesting. Marianne, did I hear you just say you don't do engagement shoots? Yeah. So no. Why not? <laughs> Well, I kind of sell myself as a documentary wedding photographer. So I did them at the beginning and I kind of had this theory that somewhere along the line, this is definitely going to get offensive, somewhere along the line, <laughs> engagement shoots were kind of made up by photographers to just fill their time in the weekdays. And I don't have time for that. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I definitely appreciate that people, you know, do do them for a particular reason, like letting couples get comfortable in front of the camera. But the way I explain it to couples is that an engagement shoot doesn't really reflect the way I would shoot them as a couple on the day. Um, so if they, they're wanting an engagement shoot because they, want, they think it's going to make them feel comfortable on the day, it's basically like burning yourself with an iron so that you understand what a cup of tea feels like. Because it's like an hour, it's, well, in, in London anyway, it's like an hour, it's in public, you're like, there's no natural emotions, they're wearing like kind of the normal clothes, you know, you, you know what I mean? There's like nothing real to work with and then on wedding day when I'm doing the couple shoot there's just so much more to work with like they got you know professional they've got their professional digs on um and they're like just got married probably so they're like a bit bit excited (laughs) (laughs) just got married and hopefully a bit excited and and they've just got so much more to work with and they're, they're just in a different emotional state so I think when I do a couple shoot on the on the main day that's what I'm that's what I'm wanting to to convey in the pictures mm-hmm. but in an engagement shoot it's, it's it's very posed and I think it works for a lot of people but mm-hmm. as a documentary photographer it doesn't make sense to me I think um or it makes sense for the kind of clients I'm looking for not disrespecting anyone else doing it but but for me I, I'm, I'm, no, no. I'm offended <laughs> and this is and this is the beginning of the breakup this is the beginning of the breakup 
Just who and just I do, I do a ton of engagement shoots, loads. Yeah. And I mostly, and then most of my clients aren't actually my wedding clients. Most of them are Americans that are in London. Mm-hmm. I get a fuck ton of Americans in London um, who want to do an engagement shoot. Um, and they don't actually realize I'm American until I show up. And then they're s- disappointed? A little bit. I think I might have to put on an accent. Because I think they want the whole like cockney, like, all right, well, governor, we're going to walk down here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, governor. <laughs> See, I get the opposite. So I get a lot of inquiries from Asian couples um, where it's very trendy to come over and have your your pre-wedding shoot, as they call it, in uh, some parts of Europe. So I have no posed photos or couple shots on my website whatsoever. So when I get this email, I can only presume that it's because I'm Asian. (laughs) And literally, so I get get emails, I get get inquiries just because of the the way I look, I guess. And uh, I basically didn't spend my time forwarding that on to friends who actually do those shoots. So if you want some like Asian engagement shoe pre-wedding referrals, then then hit me up because I, I have them to give away like candies. So yeah. So you just need to start like an associate brand called Steve and Dustin shoot Asian and portrait Dustin. sessions, and that way we can come to one of the secret yeah. film events. That's true. That's true. It's a win-win or holiday party, Christmas party. You know. Yeah. I'll, I'll be everyone's messy Santa. It'll be great. That would be amazing. <laughs> you guys would love the Christmas party. We the last year we had the best DJ. We had a silent disco, and it was just yeah. You could be Santa. You could put a fake and British accent. It'll it'll, it'll just be fun. I have to work on my British accent. The DJ at the Christmas party last year was it a wedding DJ or just a DJ? He's done weddings, but he's just a really good DJ. I, th- I can't remember who found him. Somebody found him a few years ago and he was just, he's just amazeballs. And so, yeah, amazeballs. Um, but he, trademark, trademark, trademark. <laughs> trademark. <laughs> copyright, copyright. He's just really good. And so like, and then once we hit like the noise restrictions and we get like, we hires like silent, um, disco headphones kept going. So yeah, it's a, it's a proper party. Cause it's nice. It's like when you work in the wedding industry, like you kind of sometimes will have ins with certain venues that will allow you to have the party there and stuff like that. I thought I'm not the one who's organizing this. I'm just the one who's showing up and drinking, which is a bit different. <laughs> a running theme. How did, how, how did you guys come up with the name Amazeballs for the podcast? I think Carrie just says it. <laughs> so it's a word in her, her vocab, yeah. And I'm the only I'm the only person in England that really says it. So that's why. <laughs> Got it. I think it did literally come down to like you just said to me, Oh, why don't we call it this? And I was like, Okay. <laughs> that that a lot level of, of intense depth. And, yeah. That was the intelligence you were after. Yeah. We did surveys, <laughs> workshopped, and I just said, why don't we just say, I say maze balls more often than anybody else does. Um, I think people, when people say it around me, they're usually mocking me. And so that's, yeah, it's mostly just to make fun of me and my terrible American phrases. I don't even think it's, it's an American. Does anybody else say maze balls? Do you guys say amazing? I think the first place I heard it was, I think in 30 Rock. I think Tina Fey said it. Must come from there. And, yeah. uh, and it, then like everyone I knew for a while said amaze balls all the time. Pretty dated now. What? Yeah. I love I it. I think so. It's, I think it's still. You're bringing it back. Yeah. I thought we were fashionable, Carrie. I don't think we are. <laughs> I've been lied to again. I've been lied to again. Sounds like a repeat offense. <laughs> I'm pretty sure old people think we're cool, but then like young people think we're just dated. Mm-hmm. I think we're in that really awkward in between stage. 30s. Oh, geez. That's where we are. <laughs> Yay! Yay! On your guys' podcast, um, right after the royal wedding, you guys talked a little bit about uh, Prince Harry and Princess Meghan. 
are they still prince and princess or are they like duke and duchess now i don't know I think I'm, Duchess. I'm 100% American over here, but you guys were talking about their photos and how I forget which They're one of you said it, but somebody was saying, one of you said, when you looked at the photos, you realized you could be doing work for <laughs> celebrities and other people. And it made me laugh really hard. And then you guys started talking about how one of the shots, it looked like maybe Harry was giving a hand job to somebody out of the frame, which yes. also made me laugh very hard. There has been another royal wedding since then, but I didn't get to hear you guys' thoughts on Eugenia's photography. And I was just wondering, you know, do you guys have anything to say about that? It's been a while, what's, but what's what's funny is most like the royal stuff doesn't um like in England we don't actually hear about it that much. Mm-hmm. Like I am pretty unaware of what the royals are doing in general. Like my sister who still lives in Maryland, she asks me questions all the time about the royals. I have no idea what the fuck is going on. <laughs> I didn't know there was a I didn't know there was another royal wedding. I found out a bit after. I think there was um cause I, yeah, it, it's definitely the case that I think the royal um love is is bigger abroad than it is in the UK. We kind of, I, I think we had like one or two friends who were really into it. But I think Harry and Meghan's one was sort of a bit more, grabbed a bit more attention because obviously she was American yeah. and and not uh, not white. <laughs> Can I say that? I don't know. That was that was a, that was a big talking point. Yeah. People people were excited for it because I think it was the first kind of seen as the first modern, slightly different um, mm-hmm. royal wedding. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do really love Harry. If they if they do like the royals, they do favor Harry and Will's because they've always been seen as more down-to-earth uh, royals, mm-hmm. and so they're popular. But, yeah, Eugene, yeah, found out about it afterwards. I think she's just known for wearing weird hats, and um, that, that's as much as literally all I could say on her and her sister. I genuinely, <laughs> it, it's her wedding photos out there? Like, are, I think so. Are we, I don't, we can, we can give you a live critique. Live yeah, critique. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's do this. Perfect. Can you find a link, please? I want to get back uh, to this weird hats thing, because I was on your website, Marianne, and you were saying you wear a fascinator to all of your weddings, and then that got crossed out, and it said somebody sat on my fascinator. If anybody knows a milli- millinery, millin- a hat maker, milliner, yeah, milliner, uh, you would love to make a new one. But I did notice you had photos of yourself shooting, and not a single photo of yourself shooting were you wearing that fascinator. Yeah, it was gone because that fascinator got sat on quite a few years ago. So that's a really old bit of text. So I think it's at least at least four years ago. Um, Janika sat on it um, <laughs> in my car. <laughs> um, so and then ever since then, I haven't really like recovered into it. I, I wear hats to talk mm-hmm. now because it's easier. But then the more you're moving your head around, it's a bit difficult. Um, I will show you this hat. Hold on a sec. This will only okay. This will be an interesting one because it'll be like that. Is it that Jimmy Fallon bit where they do like what's in the box and they have to mm-hmm. try and mm-hmm. laugh and lie? Okay. This is one of the hats I currently wear. And no so one... she she wore this hat to my <laughs> British citizenship ceremony. Wow. You've you got to describe that hat for the listeners. Well, who... I don't know. Maybe we should leave it a mystery. This is a... <laughs> okay, so it kind of goes like this. It's sort of... I can't actually fit it in, this, in, in the webcam. <laughs> Where does one buy a head ornament like that? <laughs> Uh, Yorkshire. She's a she's a in Yorkshire. But yeah. Okay. For the <laughs> listeners out there, um, what Marianne just pulled down is a hat that has a Tyrannosaurus Rex on it, peeling a banana. Um, and but he's but he's golden and he's wearing a, a black velvet bow and the banana's glittery. So let's not let's not shortchange this. Yeah, he looks like he is making love to that banana. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> 
There's not really I, a backstory to that. It's just <laughs> it's, it's it's a great. Ha- so I had I got my British citizenship a couple of years ago, and we had a big party for it. And she showed up to my like swearing in, like me pledging to the Queen. She like got off the bus, and she's like wearing this hat. It was like the best thing ever, just to see her just like walking off the bus with a dinosaur and a banana on her head. And I took the bus the whole way, like as in uh yeah. So around my around my local area, I definitely got looked at a few times because you had a dinosaur jacking off a banana on your head. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And it was going to get messy. <laughs> and then when you got these odd looks, you're like, by the way, I'm also a psychologist. If you need therapy, here's my card. <laughs> when I got the odd looks, I think I just stared back. <laughs> what? Is there something on my head? Is there something on my face? What? Do I, do I have salad in my teeth? <laughs> I caught a few people trying to take a stealthy photo of me um, oh. without finding permission on the tube. So I just stared again. <laughs> yeah, eye contact. So is, I don't know if you guys have ever been to, to London, but eye contact in London is, is kind of like the highest offensive thing that you can do. Like if you really? eye contact on public transport, it's, it's basically extremely uncomfortable for everyone around you. <laughs> or it's like a marriage proposal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> Wait, Destin, are you saying marriage proposals are highly offensive to everyone around them? <laughs> No, I'm saying that if you're making eye contact, you better be ready to put a ring on it. Okay, got it, got it. (laughs) So um, in our episodes, we always do like random questions from people on the internet. Um, Are you guys down to do like a few really random weird questions? Love it, yes. Let's do some Q&A. But Steve... Brian from a random Facebook group asks this, tore the ass off my pants where the couple came in to the, when the couple came into the coffee shop. How do I get out of here? I've been sitting here for 30 minutes making idle chat after I typically would leave the meeting. Thought I could wait till they got out. They're not leaving though. Please help. Do you want a real answer or a comedy answer? I want whatever answer you want to give us. Or them. More importantly, them. They're still sitting in that coffee shop. <laughs> right now? Patiently waiting. We don't know answer. how long Brian's been in that coffee shop with that potential bride and groom. Brian might live there now. What if what if the what if the bride and groom did the same thing when they walked in? Like, <laughs> there's something like about that doorway that's just like ripping the ass out of everybody's <laughs> And so it's almost just like this, like awkward staring contest of being like, I don't want them to know that my trousers are open. And the other person's like, my trousers are open and they're going to be there until the end of time. But will he get the booking? hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, at some point it gets so awkward that you don't. And, but then at some point, like you guys are now best friends. Like you live together now. Like they're like your roommate. <laughs> and then you're an episode of New Girl. Yeah. <laughs> you're an episode of New Girl. <laughs> I'm just picturing the coffee shop manager who's like talking to his accountant and he's like, all right, we need more seats in these chairs. We need to, you know, retain the people who come in on a day-to-day basis. How do we make that happen? What if we put in a secret device in the doorway, somehow rips the crotches out of people's pants as they come in? They'll never want to leave. They'll order coffee cake all day long. Yeah. Can I just ask, was it just me who pictured it as like a gold, like a giant, like golden dragon um, door handle? It was just you. <laughs> I mean, in my mind, I was picturing it as like a Tyrannosaurus Rex jerking off a banana door handle. 
but it, that, that might just be a personal thing, you know. <laughs> you know, Marianne, they do like custom door knockers. You could get like a custom door knocker of your door that is like the T-Rex and the banana. And so whenever somebody comes and knocks on your door, they have to like pick up the banana and shake it to get into your house. Well, like, <laughs> let me in. Yeah. Let me in. <laughs> I hope you have one of those ring doorbells, though. <laughs> so you can actually see it happening. <laughs> yes. I would almost like to say, like, you probably have, like, a sample album, right? So, like, you could put your sample album in a really awkward place to, like, like shuffle up with the sample album. And be like, all right, guys, great to go. And then, or, like, if it's behind you, you can just, like, hold, like, awkwardly hold the sample album behind you. So you're just walking out the door with the sample album over your ass. <laughs> 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 this is just a normal way people walk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, chances are you're not booking the wedding because it's weird as fuck, but like, it, it's better than nothing. Like, at least you leave and get to go home and see your family again. Um, whereas the other option is you just move into the coffee house. This is true. It's Brian's coffee house now. <laughs> you could like spill coffee on your pants and then you're like, oh shit, I've got to take these pants off. Do you guys mind? My legs are literally on fire. And then you strip. And then you strip and then in the middle of the coffee on. shop. And then this is the time you say, I'm actually Polly, and I, can we just have an orgy? Like, I feel like I have this really <laughs> amazing connection to you. Like, can we just, like, just go the distance, like, right here, right now, and just take off your pants? Yeah. <laughs> and then you say, here's my invoice for the booking fee. <laughs> <laughs> and the dry cleaning bill. I think these are all options. There's so many things you could do. Let us know what Brian chooses. It has to be the orgy. He's picking the orgy. Yeah, yeah. I think we, we covered that. Brian's definitely going to get all the help he needs now. He just has to wait uh, two, three weeks for this episode to come out. <laughs> Have fun being stuck in the coffee shop. Tell them, Brian. And uh, wow, it's going to be really awkward when he's drinking all that good, good coffee. And then he's got to use the restroom, but he still can't stand up. <laughs> going to need to spill yeah. that coffee on his crotch real fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda from a random Facebook group asks, I just got an email from one of my clients letting me know that the dog that her fiance has requested pictures with on their wedding day several times during different meetings is no longer with them. Mm -hmm. In fact, it hasn't been with them for several months, during which time we've had two phone calls where the fiance has brought up wanting the pictures still. But she says her future husband still wants these pictures with the dog on the wedding day next week and asked if I can take care of it because she can't deal with another breakdown. How do I respond? That's like, a psychology thing, actually, Marianne. I, I thought it was like a di that film with Hilary Swank and, and What's-His-Face and he writes letters as a ghost and <laughs> someone molds a pot. So I would say, get a potter's wheel. and potter's um, <laughs> wheel. Get a potter's wheel, get Patrick Swayze. We're going to go ghost on this. Yeah. And, and get the ghost dog. Ghost dog. And then the pot would be very, I feel like the pot would come out as, um, it would have stripes, obviously, because the claws, the dog claws would be there. <laughs> <laughs> I visualize it as kind of like a cylindrical thing. Very short because the arm reach is best for a dog. Much like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah. yeah. I think all my answers are going to come back to that hat, actually, because it's just sitting in front of me on my desk. <laughs> but yeah, no, when they say take care of it, I mean, also, that's a weird, that's a weird phrase, because in England, that means to kill someone. But the dog's already <laughs> dead, right? So... Well, the dog's already dead, it doesn't care, it's fine. I would say you're contractually <laughs> obligated to shoot that photo, right? 
so just bring the dead dog and just do it. Like that's what you've been asked to do. Like this is your job. Like pull your pants up and just do it. Like just take, it, take the dead dog. Pull your pants up, exhume the dog carcass, take it to a taxidermist and uh, get it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's what I was like. If he's really attached, he should have just had a taxidermy anyways. Like that taxidermy's in right now. Like all the cool like houses and places have it. Like it's a thing. So like just have a taxidermy dog. I mean, there's that's that's cool. You don't have to smell it. Just do it outside. It'll be fine. <laughs> or so what I would do is I'd go that extra mile. I'd get find photos of that dog and go find a dog that looks exactly the same. Train it for about nine months leading up to the wedding so it goes by the same name. And then you show up on the wedding day with the dog. And then you, you tell the couple, I've secretly had your dog this entire time. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> And then you shoot that reaction. Real documentary, exactly. real emotions. Perfect. Documentary? <laughs> Dogumentary. It's documentary. <laughs> I do like where you were going with that, Dustin. Like, your dog never died. It's right here. I don't understand why it's like, your dog never died. I stole your dog. <laughs> How else do you explain how you had the dog? I went to heaven and I brought oh. the dog back. All dogs go to heaven, Dustin. Yeah. Or you could say, I brought this dog back from hell. This was a terrible dog. <laughs> you guys don't know what I went through to get your dog back. If you really have that skill set to bring people back from heaven or hell, why the hell are you shooting weddings? Like, there's like so much better things. Like, you could be like the, like, what is it, the St. Peter that guards the gates? Just resurrect everybody. Like, that's just kind of, yeah, that'd be a really great skill set to have. It wouldn't be one that you'd really need for wedding photography, though. Mm, but in this skill set, I'm imagining he doesn't have the ability to bring people back from heaven or hell. It's just, just dogs. dogs. Okay. So it's kind of worthless. I mean, still, you can make a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of money to be made in that. But set, so that's your skill set. But like you said at the onset of this podcast, I just do wedding photography because I love people. I like oh, working yeah. with people. Mm -hmm. I care less I need about that creative dogs. outlet. Yeah. Saving dogs from heaven or hell. Not very creative. When my skill set and my job kind of overlap, awesome. But otherwise... It's kind of like playing the harmonica. I also really like money. I'm a big fan of money. So like what if there was like I could make a lot of money doing that, even if I don't like dogs, I think I would still set up a business like it wouldn't be I, I'd like I'd like play the heartstrings. I'd have like violins. I'd be like really like being like I can reunite you with your lost dog. I don't even like dogs. It doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> but you know, where I see this going. I, I see I see a recession happening. And I see, you, you know, someone, some company brings out like um, a drug that prolongs the dog's life. And so your, your business starts to go downhill. You start to get desperate. You can't fund the crack habit. So you need to like regenerate business. So you end up going around in the middle of the night with black gloves and looking for dogs. <laughs> that went dark fast. <laughs> yeah. That's like the sequel to a movie. Yeah. It started out as saving dogs from the eternal damnation of hell and ended with just murdering dogs <laughs> <laughs> to keep your business alive. Well, I mean, you need you need a source of dogs dying. That's how you make the money. So, like, if dogs aren't dying, you've got a problem here. So <laughs> eventually it's going to have to happen. <laughs> yeah. Or you need to learn how to stretch that skill set into, like, cats. That's true. I think people would pay more for dogs than cats. People seem to get more. I don't know. Pet 
owners always like spending money on their pets. That's the truth. Anyways, sorry. Way off topic. What's the Do you guys ever have, uh, in in the UK, do you guys ever have couples who want to get photos done with their pets? Like on the wedding day and stuff? The UK is more particular about venues. Mm -hmm. So British people can't get married anywhere. You have to get like legally married in a licensed venue. And licensed venues tend to have a bit more rules. Um, and so it's a little bit harder for people to bring pets. You don't really get like backyard weddings as much. You might have like somebody might set up a marquee for like the food in the backyard, but like you can only get married in like a licensed venue or, um, a church. Mm -hmm. And so where we shoot and actually who does the actual marrying is a lot more specific than it is in the States. So like you don't see as many like flexibility with stuff like Mm -hmm. dogs. You do get weddings that have dogs. And people will bring them to their engagement sessions, but you don't get like that much of a flexibility. So a lot of times we shoot in a lot of the same venues because there's only so many places you can legally get married. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they end up bringing it to the reception. So that's that's an, yeah. a way around it. Sometimes people will have someone bring their pet from their home to shoot in between the, the ceremony and reception. Or they'll, yeah, just do reception. Mm-hmm. So I think my record so far has been, I think, I think a wedding had 12 dogs, but it was out in a field. So that was, that was why. Um, mm-hmm. And the other, the weirdest animals I've ever had was the pygmy goat blue i think it's like a blue tongued skink they call it which is like a lizard and a baby turtle oh and a ferret okay so were you shooting a petting zoo or (laughs) i was shooting the wedding of a vet so (laughs) so there was there was actually a a home reason for it yeah she had two greyhounds and they showed up for a shoot but after that for some reason one of her her friends her vet friends just sort of brought her animals along for a bit and then took them home so yeah it's quite rare though Mm. yeah The Yeah. the pygmy goat was a um ring bearer oh cool so yeah and he was called hamish because obviously that's a very valuable piece of information that all photographers need to know internationally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So we got time for one more question and then uh, we're going to have you guys like plug your, where people can find you and stuff. Dustin, do you want to pick a question? Fred from a Facebook group asked this little question. I was asked to shoot a wedding this summer a few months ago. I said yes and told the couple it'd be $350 for eight hours of coverage. This will be my first wedding. Yesterday, the bride asks me some questions about the wedding and I let slip to her that I might not be able to shoot it. I'm trying to get an internship and I applied to ones that are out of state. If I get one out of state, I'm not coming back for this wedding. Am I good? Brides seem real chill, but is it possible she's actually super pissed off and I should be worried? Please help. Firstly, Fred, why are you doing an internship over money? Fred <laughs> <I> mean, says. <laughs> Fred, so we say, so he had fuck, paid nothing for the internship and $350 for the wedding. Mm-hmm. I poor question Fred. Life had, choices. Yeah, poor Fred's had a very sad introduction to the world of wedding photography. <laughs> Like uh, sometimes like when like because I have my family still lives in the States and so they'll be like, oh, can you just fly over for Memorial Day weekend? We want to do a big thing. And I'm just like, no, I can't. (laughs) I had that book two years ago. There's no way I can do that. They're just like, well, just, you know, you know, just take off of work. You're like, no, not really an option. Like if I could be I could have a broken arm and the flu and I still have to show up like that's just how it is. So I wonder if Fred has a contract. If it's his first wedding, I would bet not. He's a verbal well, contract. Mm-hmm. Is it the same in this in in the states? Because in the UK, an email counts as like a verbal agreement that you have to honor. So is that a thing there? Or I have uh. to ask my attorney <laughs> <laughs> and check your emails for for what in, you have. In sent. the state of Indiana, verbal uh, verbal agreements are legally binding, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
But I mean, to actually like prosecute something like that, it's like a bit of he said, she said sort of stuff. Like it'd be very difficult to actually do. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Fred could go and he'd be fine. But I also still question his life choices. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to know what this internship was for. Like, we don't really have an internship culture here in the Mm -hmm. UK. So that's why I'm fascinated. Because I, yeah. I feel like this has got to be really good. This has to be something really good. Yeah, in the U.S., we really like free labor. Mm-hmm. So the internship uh, program is uh, is really popular. Yeah. Did I just slag off a really big thing in America? It's <laughs> just a thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's still free labor. It's not like, don't worry, no one's going to, like, no one's getting paid, so no one's going to, like, come after you. It's fine. Well, it, it technically wouldn't be free labor. They'd be doing it for college credit. College credit? Yes. So technically you're paying. Yeah. Technically you're paying paying. to work for somebody else as opposed to them paying you. Because you're paying for the credits. (laughs) Marianne's face is like, this is a terrible idea. I'm the daughter of a Chinese banker. Like this is not compute for me. (laughs) I've been paid since I was 12 to like throw newspapers at people's doors. Like, (laughs) (laughs) What is this? (laughs) Poor show. (laughs) No. Welcome to America. (laughs) what's what's gonna happen is that he's gonna let that bride down who paid absolutely nothing for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing to shoot her wedding she's gonna go online and start ranting about how her wedding photographer canceled on her last minute and then she's gonna expect somebody to set up up for free but oh no i'll sign up i'll sign i got it don't worry this is like where all those horror stories come from being like my my wedding photographer skipped town last minute and i don't have any budget left Somebody shoot this wedding for free. And then another Fred comes along and is like, yeah, I'll shoot it for free. Yeah. And then the other Fred's like, oh, I actually really want to go to a concert that day. Oh, yep. let's go to a concert instead. Well, you yeah. get what you pay for. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not bitter at all about this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Fred. <laughs> Fuck you, Fred. It's making my life more complicated. We were going to have a friend do it, but they just decided they'd rather not. And we've already spent all our money on, like, booze and cake and stuff like that. So we only have about $200 left for wedding photography. Is that okay? You clearly know what you're doing. So, yeah. (laughs) You clearly don't need a living wage. Yeah. Are you free on Saturdays? (laughs) Saturdays in June? (laughs) In June? All day? Yeah, all day. (laughs) We'll give you food. We'll let you sit down once. $200. It's going to be fun. You don't have to edit. We'll take the rolls. That's fine. My favorite line is, it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh. A lot of fun. It's never fun if they say that. (laughs) You you don't even have to wear a tie. (laughs) But here's my shot list. It's 14 pages. Oh, there was a... There was something that was going viral today. A uh, bride put out like a message just to help out other bride-to-be's out there. And she said she had a checklist of photos that she wanted her um, photographer to capture on the wedding day. And she would not be paying the photographer until every single one of those photos had been checked off the list. Wow. I'm curious what that checklist looked like. Because if it was like, show the cake show the centerpiece, show a candle. I could go through that checklist in no time at all and just leave. (laughs) Cause yeah, it would be like photo of the bride and groom at the altar. Like give me an hour. It'll be like a game and we'll just get it done. They won't be good. They'll be shit. They won't be well lit, but you'll have your checklist and I will walk away after an hour. We're going to gamify this whole wedding photography thing. Yeah, this sounds, that's, that's, that sounds like fun. Like almost like a challenge, like one of those, um, those like find a thing challenge. 
Oh, and you can um, shoot it all in like just like two stops overexposed. Mm-hmm. So you can just about see the edge of the cake and just about see like the edge of the rings <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But technically, what? you have done the checklist. Would a wide shot of the entire room count and oh, cover yeah. all oh, of the thinking. images on the checklist? And then where's Wally? Yeah. And you can give her a, a, a biro with it and, and say, here, mark it out yourself. <laughs> So predictably, the, the people people on the internet were very pissed off about the checklist idea, <laughs> for obvious reasons. I think. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. I think if it's one wide shot of the room, we're 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 selling ourselves short, man. <laughs> you said you wanted a picture of yourself with every one of your bridesmaids individually. Yeah, if you uh, print this off just twelve times, you can cut yourselves out, and you're all good. Got it. Done. <laughs> Done. Love it. You can make your own photo collage. <laughs> When you first said that question, I I didn't I couldn't really compute because I I feel like I have just not encountered that mm-hmm. person in my whole life. I've not even passed them in a supermarket, mm-hmm. so I feel like I would know this aura and I would just be repelled. So <laughs> it, took, it took me a while to kind of even really go through that in my head. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're really lucky that I think we have really nice people to shoot for. I I, I just can't even deal with that kind of person. Your Marianne's website's very good at like alienating that person immediately because she has like I think do you still have the Bridezilla thing on your website where she had a dinosaur on her website that said yeah. Bridezilla's not apply I already have a dinosaur I think do you still have that on your website now <laughs> I don't know I I've remember. seen several dinosaurs on the website <laughs> yeah I can't remember. So plus your website made me like craving sushi Oh, yeah. Several photos of dinosaurs on our website. A dinosaur jerking off a banana hat. Marianne, do you have a fetish? I cannot comment. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know Dustin has to leave in like two minutes, so we should probably wrap this up. But um, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for coming on our podcast. It has been an absolute delight talking to both of you and getting to know both of you. Um, Where can people find you online? So uh, the official, so the YouTube channel is called Chua and the Bell. Um, and Chua is spelled C-H-U, I should say that like an American, C-H-U-A and the Bell, B-E-L-L. Oh, fuck, I can't talk like an American anymore. Um, <laughs> C-H-U-A and Bell, B-E-L-L. Um, so Chua and the Bell is the YouTube channel. And then the podcast is the Amazeballs Wedding Photography Podcast. But that's also on the YouTube channel as well. So um, it should be fairly easy to find if you if you see two girls sitting on a sofa not making out and just talking about cameras you probably found it Um, (laughs) if you do do find two girls on a sofa making out (laughs) i think you found porn (laughs) you might be on the wrong podcast yeah you're not on youtube you're on red tube there's a difference okay (laughs) i get my colors mixed up Very easy to mistake, right next to each other on the tabs. Uh, and then my my website is just my name, K-A-R-I-B-E-L-L-A-M-I. So CarrieBellamy.com. I didn't think of an original photography name besides my name. Yeah, mine's just Marianne Chua. So M-A-R-I-A. I think about this. A-N-N-E-C-H-U-A. Because <laughs> British people say double instead of N-N. And it just, like, you say double L instead of L-L. So, oh, really? And, yeah, Americans say we'll say LL and British people say double L. And that's a very important fact that Americans fact. now know. Now we're going to start doing that and we're going to yeah. change if American this culture. This podcast was about important facts. <laughs> important facts. It would have ended a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Anyways, it was so nice, guys. That was really fun. Thank yeah. you for having us. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wedding Photo Hangover Podcast with Dustin and Steve. If you want to help us out, jump on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review. If you want to connect, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Wedding Photo Hangover or on Twitter at WedPick Hangover. Dustin is on Instagram at Dustin underscore McKibben. McKibben. And Steven is at Steven Van Elk. If you want to get involved with the awesome community of listeners, join the Wedding Hangover Facebook group. If you really want to warm our hearts, though, if you really want to make us happy, if you want to make us messy boys, you know what I'm saying, messy Santas, head messy on Santas. over to anchor.fm slash wedding photo hangover, and you can sign up to support us for as little as 99 cents a month. It's extremely helpful to us and to the making of this podcast. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time your head is pounding, your limbs feel like dead weight and your entire being aches for the sweet embrace of death. That's right, next Sunday after you shoot another wedding. Another wedding. Dun, dun, dun. Dustin, you gotta, you gotta roll that out. That was good. Yeah? You, you gotta shoot today? Uh, Always have a shoot. Every day, Steve. Oh. Okay, Mr. I work. All I do be shooting in, shooting in, shooting in. All I do is shooting in. No. No, Did no, but that was good. I like that. Okay. Yeah, uh, give me more. Come on. Every day I be shooting in, shooting in, shooting in. Now it's gone a little bit Russian accent. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> Every day I be shooting in. <laughs> Even better. No. Oh, no, that was, that was a lot of fun. Those ladies were... I felt way more intelligent than us. Way more out of our league intelligent. <laughs> but I want to talk to more people who are more intelligent than us. All right, Dustin. This is like, we're, we're going to have three weeks of guest episodes, like back to back to back. So I need you to give me a little something for the listeners. Just something for, for you and me and the listeners. You and me and the listeners make three. What, what would you like, Steven? <clears throat> a little um, nipple? I need the goods. I need the goods. I need the goods. I need the, I need, I need to hear your English accent. That's what the listeners want more than anything else in the world. Um, we've got so many comments on your good, good accents and, uh, we just need some more, you know, just to please me. Hello, governor. So let's, uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to do a hard cut at some point in time in this and then we'll just say bye. Love bye. you, buddy. Bye. really a smoozer i wouldn't have dropped i wouldn't have like ranted against some of the equipment i'd be like no i love everything it's amazing i'm just like god that lens sucks ass like don't buy that lens and then i was actually talking to the person next to me and they were like looking at like the 55 and it's just like no 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 don't buy that lens (laughs) (laughs) and then i wonder why sony will never sponsor me and i think that that's the answer that's the answer (laughs) but you're real and you're genuine and there'll be a point after like the influencer boom where people will be desperate to have like really real sort of mean people. And that'll be your time. That will be when you rise from the ashes. <laughs> the Phoenix. Yeah. The ashes of the burnt 55 1.2. <laughs>
Wedding Photo Hangover was edited this week by Steve Van Elk of Bespoke Tone. Go to Bespoke Tone for all of your photo, video, and audio editing needs. Woo-wee!